This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Before we get started this week, I'd like to tell you about a new podcast I've started. It's called The Best Movies You've Never Seen. I am a self-confessed movie nerd. I've seen every movie multiple times. But my good mate Trevor Long has lived a pretty sheltered life and hasn't seen anything. So between us, he watches a film for the first time, I watch it for the hundredth time, and we talk about it. That's the podcast, the best movies you've never seen. We break down all the memorable scenes, some interesting behind-the-scenes trivia, a lot of little tidbits. It's a fun show. Tune in wherever you get your podcasts. Now, on with the show. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec, the podcast that keeps you updated and educated. Hello and welcome to Tech Guide episode 471. Thanks for tuning in once again. We appreciate it. My name is Stephen Fennick. I'm the editor of techguide.com.au. On this week's show, Amazon's new Echo products, but not all of them are coming to Australia. Apple has made some significant updates to its iWork applications, Keynote especially, and now you can ride a Ducati for less than $900. In the Tech Guide reviews, we're going to take a look at the new iPad mini and ninth generation iPad. Huawei has moved into the audio business and Xbox launches cloud gaming. And we'll answer all of your tech questions in the Tech Guide help desk. And it's all brought to you by Netgear, the company that keeps you connected, and Norton, the company that keeps you protected. Okay, let's kick it off. We're going to talk about Amazon, and they had an announcement the other day. So announced several new products and uh, some interesting announcements. Unfortunately, not all of them are going to make it to Australia. There are several that they announced, and they uh, they extend, expand the Echo range of products. the The Echo Show Fifteen was the was the pick of the bunch, in my opinion. This is a smart display speaker. And it very much like the the previous Amazon Echo displays, but this is a display with a difference. For, for a start, it's bigger, uh, but also too, it's meant to be mounted on the wall. So imagine the screen; it's fifteen point six inches, and mounted. You'd expect it to be in a common area of your home, so near the kitchen, living area, a place where you can see your calendar, see your notes, see your photos and have that information right there. Being near the kitchen, of course, helps you if you're following a recipe and things like that. So again, meant to be mounted on the wall. You can, there is an optional stand if you like, and you, that you can purchase that actually at, at, at extra cost. It doesn't come with the stand. So it's out of the box. It's meant to be a wall-mounted product. Now imagine this, of course, 15.6 inches. It's about the size of a large laptop screen. So imagine that size screen on your wall. Now, what what it does, of course, it is, has Alexa, and you can ask it things. You can about ask what your day's like, your to do lists, all these other little widgets, 
And the thing with this is as well, there's a camera on board and every member of the household will can be recognised through the front camera using visual ID. So it actually looks at you and says, right, okay, you're Steve, here's all your information. So all my relevant info, my calendar, all my widgets, everything related to me is displayed on the screen. And that way, if someone else in my household, my wife or one of my kids, they step in front of the display, then it will show their relevant information, their calendar, their to-do list, their widgets. And it gives them their personalized experience. And of course, like like every other Echo product, you can control other smart devices in your home. So it does have give you that aspect. And of course, being on the wall, it's ideal, of course, as a photo frame. So if you want to you want to put up your own photograph, so you, you can either display your own preloaded photos from your from your account, or there are preloaded albums, whether it's art or nature, travel galleries, a lot of really cool photos that can be displayed full screen uh, on the Echo Show 15. And it can be displayed, your preference, of course, how you want to display it, whether you want to display it in landscape, so that's wide, or portrait, which is deep, depending on the space on your wall, I guess, that, that'll determine how you're going to display that. But it will be, uh, it's priced at $399.00. Not coming to Australia though till early next year is what I'm told. So three nine nine, which for a display of this size, it's actually not too bad. The only difference I see here is that being a frame on a wall, I can't see this being for those customers who want to listen to music. A lot of music, it can play your music, but you got to wonder. And I haven't heard this yet, but you got to wonder about the quality of the music from a, such a thin device. The the previous, do you remember the, the Echo Show 10, which had a screen that followed you around the room? Well, underneath that screen was a large barrel-shaped speaker that sounded amazing and also had the display. So I think you really need to consider whether you whether music's going to be a very important part of your your usage of the product. So if, if that is the case, maybe rethink it. I can't see this being sounding a lot better than the with a dedicated speaker like you get on the 10. So I think it, you really need to think about how you're going to use it. If, if you, you're not going to use it primarily for music, then maybe you'll be okay. But I, I'd suggest if you are using this primarily for music, if you love your music and you want good sound quality, then maybe the, uh, the, the previous model, the Echo 10, may be more suited to you. Amazon also announced the new Echo Buds. No shortage of companies coming up with, with earphones are there, and this is the latest one. $169, uh, but they also, for that price, include active noise cancellation. Now, again, I haven't heard these yet. I haven't reviewed them. You've got to wonder how good the active noise cancellation would be on a $169 pair of earbuds. Uh, they they say that they'd use the microphones on board to to listen to ambient sound and then cancel it out. They they have a reverse inverse signal to cancel it out. So pretty pretty similar technology that to, as what's used on five hundred dollar earphones to cancel out noise. Of course, 
the quality of that noise cancellation, as I said, is the big difference here. I'm, I'm not sure. And again, like I said, I haven't tested these yet, and, and I will when I get my hands on them. But you've got to wonder what sort of noise cancellation you're going to get from a sub $200 pair of earphones as you would on more expensive pairs. That, that like the audio quality, is variable and depends uh, on – I think it's a very subjective thing too, whether you can uh, your, you appreciate the noise cancellation of those certain models. It does also have IPX4 rating. So it's uh, if if you do uh, if you're getting using it in the gym, so it's water resistant, splash resistant, sweat resistant, the whole bit. The the buds have a nozzle designed fit, so it fits comfortably in your ear, so it reduces pressure on your ear, so you can wear them comfortably for hours at a time. Uh, and also too, they they say, and again, haven't heard these. They say offers pretty nice balance sound, nice bass response as well. So uh, keep an ear out for that one, uh, and of course. You can talk to Alexa directly through the Echo Buds because to think of it, it's like a little smart speaker that it's in your ear. So you can talk to it. But you're not limited to just Alexa. I respect uh, Amazon for doing this. They don't just limit you to Alexa. You can also, if you choose, you can use Google Assistant with these earphones or Siri if you've got an iPhone. That That's your choice. You're not limited to just Alexa. So if you have an Alexa speaker, for example, all you can connect to is Alexa. But with the Buds, it does give you the choice. So you're not limited right there. Uh, the Echo Buds, they're going to be available from October 27, uh, 169 uh, And if you want to pay a little bit extra, 199 it's the same earbuds. But with for 199 you get the wireless charging case. So you can charge the, the case. You can rest it on a wireless charging pad, and it will charge up as well. Now, what about the products that aren't coming to Australia? And one of them is Amazon Astro. This is a household robot. So basically what it is, imagine a, a screen like, a, like an iPad on wheels. So its face, the interface, if you like, is a flat screen and it, it's got a couple of eyes on it and it, will, it sort of has expressions and would obviously display information on that screen. But it's also uh, mobile, so it can... It can you can send it to specific rooms in your home. It can find, it uses intelligent navigation to find its way around your home. So it's basically a smart speaker on wheels. And you can even, because it knows your house, you can you can send it to a room. Say you're in your the lounge room and your wife's in the bedroom, you might send it to the bedroom to retrieve something. You might say, look, Astro, go get my slippers. And so Astro will then head off to the bedroom where your wife or someone else is there, I don't, it hasn't got these special arms to get, get your to get your slippers out of the cupboard. But you'd you'd think that if someone's in that other room, they can simply put it into there's these little storage areas on the robot, and it would then return to you. Just like say someone's in the kitchen, and I say, look, I'll go get me a beer. There's a little drink holder in the back, and it'll come back with with it, it, it'll know where to go in your house. And then when it arrives in the kitchen, it would say, I imagine, um, Stephen would like a beer. And the person in the kitchen would then open the fridge and put a beer in the back of Astro, and then Astro would then return to where you are. So I don't know whether this is going to make us a bunch of just lazy slobs or whether this is really intelligent or what. But the other part of this, I guess, is it's more a companion as well for people, especially elderly people. So it can, it has a little bit of a personality. It will talk to you, respond to you. It will, it will alert you if there's any noises or any, any kind of movement in your house as well. 
You can even do things like set up reminders, manage your shopping list, receive activity alerts. Uh, so it would remind you. So say say you you give gift this to your parents or your grandparents, right? It will allow. It will give. It'll tell them, okay, look, you need to take your pills at one o'clock, or you got a doctor's appointment at three thirty. So it'll it'll be a roaming smart speaker in that sense. And I, I I imagine there'd be a function where you could then log in and see what's up. You can see if your parents have been active, or your grandparents have been active, what they've been doing, if they're following, if they have been taking the their medication, if they have been going to those appointments. So it will allow people to. Uh, live, help them live independently, while still allowing you to to check in on them from time to time. During COVID, this would have been ideal because there would have been a lot of elderly families, separate, like parents separated from their children and grandparents separated from their families. So this would have been an ideal solution for that. So help them with uh, that, manage their shopping list, all of those sorts of things. So uh, no, no price announced, no release date, and as as I suspect, not coming to Australia in the immediate future. No plans to release it in Australia. If you want to find out more and take a look, a closer look at those Echo products, you can do that at techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennick. Alrighty, next up we're talking about iWork. Do you remember that? iWork on a Mac? They were your, that was Pages, Keynote and Numbers. And internally at Apple, they still rec- they still call it the iWork suite of products. And I haven't heard iWork for quite a while. I, I found out last week that they were doing some major updates to these applications. And the, uh, the, 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 the name for the group of applications is still iWork. So there you go. The collective noun is still iWork for these three products. So let's kick it off with Keynote. This is probably the... I reckon, or personally, this is the one I use most. Uh, I use I'm I'm more a Word user than Pages, but Pages is basically Apple's version of Word, just like Keynote is is Apple's version of PowerPoint. But Keynote, I love Keynote because it's really easy to make a presentation. There are a lot of lot of a uh, lot of um, preset examples, a lot, a lot of templates for you to use. It's really easy. It's sort of a what you see, what you get uh, arrangement. You can drag in photos and make things bigger and smaller and move things around. Um, it, it is really handy. But what they've introduced, and I can't, and I guess this is kind of a a sub a product of the times. They've, they've introduced a live camera view for your presentation. So imagine, I'm pretty sure a lot of you listening to this right now have had plenty of video meetings, video conferences. I know I have. I, I don't go to product launches anymore in person. They're all virtual events. So I'm looking at someone's screen. Someone's sharing their screen and it's a presentation. I can hear their voice in the background, but that's it. Well, with Keynote, you can show a live camera view as you deliver your presentation. So you might have in the bottom corner, you're talking, so you're you're there among your content. You're beside the content that you're presenting. So uh, it, it, it takes advantage. It uses the front-facing camera of an iPhone, an iPad, or a Mac. It allows you to add video. If you want to go to more trouble, you can add multiple cameras if you want to really add some production value there. But it really does spice up your presentation if the people listening to your presentation can see you. They can see you talking, see you your expression, see your emotion. Uh, so you're right up there with you with your content. So ideal for creating how-to videos, perhaps remote presentations, the lectures. 
which have all become the norm during this pandemic. But now I think they've they've seen that this is a this is something that can be done. And just to add that that little bit extra to these multiple presentations we've seen remotely, just just staring at someone else's screen, you can now add yourself to your presentation. And I mentioned you can hook up multiple external cameras if you want to really enhance the live video experience. Um, that you can also show during your presentation the screen of your iPhone or iPad on your keynote slide. So if you were say say I'm talking about a new a new app that's available for that I've written about. And I can then present the app. I can share my iPhone or iPad screen using the app. So a live review of my iPad while I'm talking to you with the little video of me in the corner if I wanted to, or just the screen of the device and you seeing a live demo of the of the app. Now, I, I figure you can probably record that session. So I know a lot of people love doing how-to videos for their podcasts, or for their, sorry, for YouTube and stuff and such. So you can record that whole thing. I think you can do a whole screen recording of, of the session. And so you can then upload that and, and view it at a later time or share it if, if that's what you want to do. But just new ways to spice up your presentation. I'm pretty sure... There's many of you listening now that have experienced death by PowerPoint with so many slides and just really nothing there, just just a bunch of figures and numbers and pictures and nothing really to keep your attention. But now you can add yourself to uh, grab people's attention and your iPhone or iPad as well if you were doing a live demo of something that's on your device. Maybe it might be a, a website or something that you want to share. That's an option now with Keynote. Now, moving on to pages, and one thing that surprised me about pages is that more people read pages documents, this is according to Apple, more people read pages documents on iPhones than any other device. So with that in mind, what Apple decided to do was make it easier to view and even edit documents on the move by adding a new setting in pages called screen view. So Say I've worked on this massive document in pages and I want to share it for people to either read or edit. They can, if they're updated to iOS 15 and have the latest version of pages, then they can flick on in the settings, screen view. So when the document is, is comes, I'm reading it on my iPhone, it'll, it now puts the document in a single column with larger text so it's easy to read on the smaller iPhone display. And if I want to make changes, it makes it easier to make those changes as well. So screen view not only works with pages, but also for all word processing documents. So if I get a word file and if I've got screen view ticked on in my settings, then it, it, it optimizes it for my screen. It, it's like a responsive design of a website. I know if you look at Tech Guide on your phone, it it orients itself to your phone so it's it, it fills up the space and if you, you're viewing it in portrait or landscape it, it'll adjust so my site knows that with you're looking at it on a browser on a phone on a tablet it, it adjusts so screen view is a little bit like that but in terms of viewing your documents it does let you uh, do that and the good thing too is that if you're editing the document and any changes you make, it won't change the original formatting of the document. So say I've looked, worked on this document on my, on my computer, on my Mac, and it's, it's widescreen, it's all this stuff in it, 
and I wanted someone just to edit the document, they're not going to alter that layout. All they're going to alter is just the the text that they and that they've had access to. So it'll it'll still keep the original formatting of the document. Uh, Numbers also has some new ways to showcase your data with a new feature called pivot tables. So you can quickly summarize, group. And, and rearrange data and identify your patterns and trends. And numbers, of course, is, is Apple's version of, of Excel. Uh, Excel is probably the runaway most popular spreadsheet program. But numbers on a Mac, you can, uh, you can make the file compatible with Excel. So any of these features can work if you're opening the document on Excel as well. They've also got a new, uh, the, the pivot table, they've also got radar charts as well. So it's a really easy way to chart and visualize multiple variables, variables uh, and show similarities. So it's like a Venn diagram. You can have like these similarities as overlapping sections of, a, of the graph there or the, the chart. Really easy. All these features that we spoke about though, the latest version of Keynote, Pages and Numbers come free with every iMac, iPhone and iPad. So any Mac, iPhone or iPad, so whether you've got an iMac or a MacBook, iPhone and iPad, all free. And all the updates are free as well. You can download them now from the App Store and the Mac App Store, depending on what device you're using. But uh, some yeah, some some interesting changes there to the to the uh, applications, the iWork applications. And if you want to read more about them, you can check it out: techguide.com.au. Now, if I told you you could ride a brand new Ducati for less than nine hundred bucks. What would you be thinking? You'd be thinking, is this a scam? What is he talking about, this Fennec bloke? Well, it's not a scam. Ducati, we're talking about an e-scooter. Ducati, they make the Urban E-Mobility Pro One Evo. That's an electric scooter, has now been launched in Australia. It's got connected technology available through the good guys and retrovision, and it's priced at under 900 It's 899 bucks. It's the first electric scooter in the Ducati urban e-mobility line. So if you you want to commute to work or school or just take a ride in your local community, then the Ducati can help you do that. Now, being a Ducati, of course, it does bring the spirit of the brand to to the to the e-scooter. It's got this nice, modern, elegant look. It's got nice, nice lines, a rear mudguard. Uh, easy to carry on public transport or in your car. It's got a lightweight aluminium alloy frame. It folds down as well, so really easily get it in the boot. Or if you want to catch a train, it folds down pretty easy, so you can sit it next to you. The uh, the the scooter. The measurements are it's it's eleven hundred and fifty millimeters tall when fully unfolded, and one thousand and fifty millimeters long. But when it's folded down, it's the same length, but. It folds down to just 480 millimetres tall. So it can be can fit in pretty small spaces like the boot of your car, under your desk in the office or on the train, as I said. So really easy. Uh, and it's a comfortable ride too, and that's thanks to the 8.5-inch inflatable tyres. I know there's a lot of e-scooters, and we've spoken about them and, and written about them on Tech Guide. They have these hard rubber, these hardened rubber wheels that are not inflatable. They're just hard wheels, and that adds that and because they don't have suspension it's it's a rougher ride but with the inflatable tires uh you do get a much smoother comfortable ride and then there also has dual brakes so it's got rear disc and electric front brakes there's also front and rear led lights so safer to ride at night if you have to 
And also, too, remember I said it's connected technology. There's a, the companion app, which is available for free on the App Store and the Google Play Store, also connects via Bluetooth to the scooter and gives you the ability to monitor the scooter's performance and functions. And it'll tell you your battery level, uh, maps for navigation as well. Uh, so that's that's handy as well. So you've connected to the device, to the scooter, you're with your phone. So it's like the little dashboard, the little screen about your for the scooter there. Now, the onboard 350-watt brushless motor, uh, and it's got a 280-watt-hour battery. So they, they combine to give you a maximum speed of 25 kilometres an hour, 6 kilometres an hour max in eco mode if you want to save some energy there. And it has silent riding. So there's really minimal maintenance, low level of wear and tear, and great performance. So uh, there is there is also a cruise control. So that, that's activated through the app. So if you want to maintain a constant speed without having to, to uh, press the accelerator, then that's achievable through the app as well. Uh, and you can also, of course, turn off cruise control within the app or just simply tap the brake and you'll come out of cruise control. It has been um, the it has been delivered into Australia and is manu- is, is going to be sold through the through Retrovision and Good Guys stores. So keep an eye out for that. It has arrived in the country. I think October one was when it landed in Australia, uh, delivered through, uh, distributed in Australia by the IQU Group. So uh, a lot of we we know the guys there. Former executives from Alcatel have set up this distribution company. So shout out to them. They've got a lot of experience in the retail space, and this is one of the many products they're going to be importing into Australia. The Ducati Urban E Mobility Pro One Evo. Electric speaker. Available now, $899 from the good guys and Retrovision. If you want to see more, check it out for yourself at techguide.com.au. Keeping you updated and educated. Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly supported by Netgear. They're Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand. Is your Wi-Fi struggling to keep up with your streaming, work, gaming, video calling and more? And what happens if you're doing all of that at once? When you're connected to your world by Wi-Fi, be sure it's the best. Bring your Wi-Fi up to speed with Orbi Wi-Fi 6 from Netgear. Orbi Wi-Fi 6 is the best and latest in Wi-Fi. It covers your entire home with the fastest Wi-Fi for uninterrupted streaming, video calling and working and learning from home on more devices than ever before in any part of the house. It's Wi-Fi perfectly engineered. Are you ready for the best Wi-Fi ever? Find out more at netgear.com.au slash best Wi-Fi. And now, a Tech Guide review with Stephen Fennec. Kicking off the reviews this week, we've got the new iPads, the iPad Mini and the iPad 9th generation. Let's start with the iPad Mini. Now, this has had a, a serious upgrade. It's been a while since Apple uh, has has changed this. And what they've introduced now is an all-screen design, very similar to the iPad Air and the iPad Pro, except with a mini screen. 8.3-inch liquid retina display. So uh, really, it's that more compact size, so roughly slightly bigger than like a paperback novel. So it's for that customer who wants all the bells and whistles and all the power but not the large size. So you, you can just imagine specific users for this is, A, you don't want a big device. You want the power, but not a massive device. 
And look, it, it's a lot bigger than an iPhone, so don't think, oh, the iPhone will do it. Even the iPhone 13 Pro Max is nowhere near the size of this thing. This is uh, 8.3 inches. It does have the A15 Bionic chip, so it does deliver the, the performance and the power. So if you're running games, uh, apps, it does a, it, it's a pretty well-specced device in terms of, of getting through your workflow and, and doing those tasks. But it's specific too for those customers, those users who uh, maybe need to use it in a confined space, for example. I know a lot of pilots like a smaller iPad or, or maybe even doctors walking around wards. They don't want to carry this massive, uh, massive iPad. They'd rather something that can fit in there, maybe their lab coat pocket, maybe uh, something that's easy to carry around. It is, of course, also compatible with Apple Pencil second generation, and that attaches magnetically to the side of iPad mini, which not only pairs the Apple Pencil, but also charges it as well. Uh, it's just 6.3 millimetres thick, weighs just 293 grams. So it is a little pocket rocket that allows you the power uh, and the performance but with that lovely compact size. It is also uh, has a USB-C charging port as well. So like its big brothers, like the iPad Air, like the iPad Pro, you can connect things like cameras, hard drives, and other devices. Uh, the, the catch there is with when connecting a hard drive is that you can't expand your memory with the hard drive. It's, I can't, for example, if I've got the iPad mini and I connect an external one terabyte hard drive, and there's, say, my movie collection on that hard drive, I can't view from the hard drive. I need to drag it to the iPad to play the file. Reason for that is that if if I'm able to do that, I'm not, I'll buy the lowest memory of the iPad, iPad mini, and just connect a hard drive. So see what Apple's done there? They, they You need to use their memory and... You can drag stuff off to store on the external hard drive, but if you want to play that file again, if it's a movie, music, or a photo, it's got to be on the iPad's memory to for you to actually view it on the iPad. So it, it does. It you can't expand the memory bottom line through that USB C port, and you can charge it through that, of course. But uh, that's Apple's way. They want you to use their memory, uh, not theirs, not not yours. They want you, you. They want you to spec it up to use their internal memory. They don't want to let you expand it with a hard drive. Anyway, that's how Apple operate. Uh, and without a home button, you got to remember uh, how else are you going to do your Touch ID? Well. They've taken a similar approach to the iPad Air here. The top button now has a, a, a Touch ID sensor built in. So you just rest your finger on that top button uh, and you can unlock it. It's available in two variants, 64 gig and it's 256 gig. Uh, and uh, we mentioned no expandable memory. Uh, you can link that hard drive, but you're not going to be playing the content off the hard drive. That's just how it is. Uh, they also have support if you want to. There's a Wi-Fi model, but there's also a 5G version as well. So if you want to go the cellular model, it is 5G compatible. So you can do that. It's Wi-Fi 6 on board is dual SIM as well. So if you've got a physical SIM for your data card or you want an eSIM, you can do the eSIM as well. And uh, so you covered Wi-Fi or, or, or cellular, you can do that as well. Uh, it is, as I said, compatible with Apple Pencil. 
second generation. There is a range of smart folios, so you can get covers for the iPad Mini, but you can't buy a smart keyboard for the Mini. I think Apple uh, assume I'm assuming that Apple thinks the device is too small to support a keyboard within the size of an iPad Mini case. But that doesn't stop you though. If you want to pair a third-party full-size Bluetooth keyboard, you can do that if you choose to. Uh, but the only thing you can, that can attach magnetically to the uh, iPad mini is just a cover, which can then double not only as a cover, but also as a stand for reading, viewing, and typing and making FaceTime calls. It is running iOS 15 as well, and that includes a lot of cool new features. And uh, it is it starts at 749 bucks and goes up to all the way up to $1,209 for the 256-gig Wi-Fi Plus cellular. So that's the iPad mini. The iPad ninth generation which I call the original iPad. We're up to the ninth generation. This was introduced 11 years ago, would you believe? 11 years have gone by, and uh, we are seeing the ninth generation now. And this, the iPad here, though, maintains its same design. So there's a home button, same look and feel, which I think is welcomed by people. They're, they're used to the look of it, and that, that's a good thing they've kept it. It has still has the home button, so touch ID there. It has the A13 Bionic, so it's still 20% faster than last year's model, but not up to the A15 standard of the Mini and the Pro and the and the Airs. So it still offers great performance. And according to Apple, it's up to three times faster than the best-selling Chromebook and up to six times faster than the best-selling Android tablets. And as I said, design hasn't changed. Still 10.2-inch retina display. Does have true tone for the first time, which means it can adjust the screen based on the color temperature of the room. Uh, so it does match the if you're if you're in a particularly bright room or a dark room, it can adjust it so that what you're looking at is color. The colors are accurate. Uh, display has a resolution of twenty one sixty by sixteen twenty, uh, and is has still has a home button with the Touch ID, which is really easy, so easy to open to unlock the unlock the iPad and all of that. But no USB C port. It's kept Lightning, which is important, I think, here because these iPads are massive in education. And you can imagine a school would have a charging setup where there's whole carts full of chargers. So Lightning, if they've, they've kept Lightning, so that means they don't have to update that charging infrastructure. So really, really a good idea for Apple to maintain Lightning. Now, this is the only iPad with Lightning uh, connection. The, the rest all have USB-C. So uh, Lightning retained on the iPad. The other new feature is the front-facing camera with center stage. So you can now be centered within the view of the front camera. And because it's an ultra-wide camera, it's kind of got a zoomed-in view of you. And as you move around the room, it's basically just – it still keeps you in frame by adjusting that zoom and keeping you in the center. So it's handy if you're doing FaceTime calls or video meetings, all of those things. Uh, center stage, if you're producing content for social media, of course, if you're a big TikToker or Facebooker or Instagram or whatever you want, uh, you can create uh, your content. It'll keep you front and center. The iPad 9th gen also comes with a uh, 64 gig of storage to start with, which is double uh, the 8th gen, and a maximum of 256 gig in the storage as well. Starts at 499 for the 64 gig Wi-Fi only, and goes all the way up to 929 if you want a 256 gig Wi-Fi plus cellular. So even after all this time, I think this is still the original and best iPad for a lot of customers. It's uh, the iPad ninth generation we're up to, can you believe? So uh, both iPads, iPad mini and the iPad ninth gen, 
uh, have had some really solid updates and continue to be very popular products. If you want to read more about them and see those products, those two separate reviews are available at techguide.com.au. Now, Huawei is a company that you've probably heard of. Uh, they do, they're probably more known for their smartphone portfolios. They, they're a big smartphone company. But they've actually pivoted rather nicely, and they're now making a name for themselves as an audio brand. It has this new true wireless audio family. So there's a couple of pairs of earphones and a pair of headphones that are really impressive. I've had a quick look at them on Tech Guide. I've, I've run, written a report that sort of takes a look at the overview of all three of them, the FreeBuds 4i, the FreeBuds Pro, and the FreeBuds Studio. Uh, each of these products are, are targeted a different different listener, so a wide variety of listeners with different budgets, different tastes, different needs. Uh, the 4i, priced at $159, is, you know, you're on a budget, but you still want that true wireless experience and good audio quality. It does punch well above that price tag. Has active noise cancellation, can you believe on that? And and I've, I have heard these sound amazing for the price. If you want to move up to the FreeBuds Pro, you're talking about 329 bucks. Uh, they've got a slightly better design, a little bit more premium. Uh, and if you want to go all the way, you can go to the FreeBud Studio headphones, which are $499 and are great uh, if, you are, if you want really good noise cancellation, really comfortable fit, uh, and, and you want to have, hear that great audio quality, then those are your choice. But let's have a, just a quick look at each of them. The four eyes I mentioned is that entry-level product. It's got 10-millimeter dynamic coil driver, uh, has a, a polymer composite diaphragm, so basically it translates to nice, clear, crisp sound, great bass, but it also has active noise cancellation at this price. And as I said, I've heard these. They actually sound remarkable for the price. So uh, it reduces ambient sound, keeps you focused in on your music as well. Um, they've, they've, they come in ceramic white or ceramic black. They've got an oval-shaped charging case as well. And battery life is remarkable. It does last for quite a while. That gives, uh, a, a, if you listening, you can play music for up to 10 hours continuously. Huawei, I don't know what they do with their batteries. They can get a lot of life out of their batteries we saw it with their phones saw it with their smartwatches. now they've brought that technology to their earphones as well the free buds pro as i said slightly more premium design have hybrid active noise cancellation so uses inward facing and outward facing microphones to detect the uh, out, the music out and in so out of your ear and in your ear as well and gives you then that reverse signal to, to, to cancel out the noise. So it's really accurate anti-noise signal to, uh, to just let you focus in on your music. They, uh, they do deliver nice, powerful, dynamic sound as well. And they have uh, high quality. If, if, you, uh, if you wanted to hear, uh, it's a good, if you're a vlogger, for example, they allow you to have high quality recordings as well. So you can record through these earphones if you pair them to your device. On the battery side, up to eight hours of listening and up to 36 hours with the charging case. The FreeBuds Studio, these are the headphones, high resolution audio. They've got, they can handle ultra wide frequency response from 4 hertz to 48 kilohertz. So, really nice detail in high res music if, if you want. They have really, really nice 
active noise cancelling. So it's really good quality here. Switches from active noise cancellation to hear-through and call noise cancellation as well. So if you're on a call, that noise cancellation kicks in as well. It does have a really smart chipset on board, has a smart multi-scene perception system. So it, it can, it's detecting what's around you 100 times per second, making all these calculations, and then automatically adjust the cancellation mode in your different ed- environments for a more suitable and comfortable active noise cancellation experience. Uh, it it is, uh, has a, a, a wireless audio coding algorithm as well to reduce signal latency. So if you, pl- if you pair these to, your, to a computer or your, your tablet or a phone, it does give you that immersive gaming experience, so responsive as well. Uh, they do have up to 24 hours of listening time with ANC turned off. 20 hours with ANC turned on, which is pretty impressive. That's a flight to London. You could you could be listening all the way there. Uh, and if you've ever f- have no power, a quick 10-minute charge will allow you to listen for music for another eight hours with ANC turned off. Those Huawei products are available from the Huawei Experience Store at World Square, Chatswood and Hurstville, Huawei's Amazon Store, and also through Mobile City. So uh, I think the audio family from Huawei there, they're really impressive. I've got to say, I've heard them all. They sound fantastic. If you want to take a a close look at them, you can check them out, techguide.com.au. Next up, we're talking about Xbox Cloud Gaming. Well, gaming has gone to the cloud. So just imagine... If you will, you know how Netflix is kind of, instead of owning the disc and putting it in your player and watching it on your TV, you stream it from the cloud. So with cloud gaming, instead of owning the disc and the console for that matter, so just like Netflix, you stream the movie to your television. So you don't need a player and you don't need the actual disc. Well, imagine that for gaming. That's what Xbox Cloud Gaming offers now. So you don't need the disc and you don't even need a console. All you need is the device. So all the all that the the computing power is generated from the cloud. So you can play on a Windows PC, on an Android smartphone, an Android tablet, an Xbox uh, 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 an iPhone or an iPad. Uh, using the cloud gaming uh, and the Xbox Game Pass. More than 100 Xbox game titles, which you can stream to your device. So uh, the Australia has become, uh, they've joined the Xbox Cloud Gaming with Brazil, Mexico, and Japan. So that means there are now 26 countries that can access the cloud gaming service. And the Game Pass includes some pretty awesome games, Halo Infinite, Forza Horizon 5, Back for Blood. So with this expansion, uh, cloud gaming, uh, it does now expands this to, to a lot more devices. It's powered by custom Xbox Series X consoles in the cloud, which means the games are offering faster load times, improved frame rates, so you can still enjoy that enhanced gameplay experience but without a console, no console. It's up in the cloud. All you've got is your device. And if you wanted to, you can actually add a controller as well. 
So if you like the feel of a controller in your hand, there is there is the Backbone one, which we're reviewing on Tech Guide this week, so keep an eye on that. So this basically allows you to put your iPhone inside a controller. So you've got the beautiful iPhone screen and the game, and you've got physical controllers, including the, the thumbsticks, buttons, shoulder buttons, all of that. The Razer Kishi does the same thing, or... You can use the Xbox wireless controller itself and connect that to your device and enjoy the game as you would as if the console is right there in the room with you. So the thing, though, if you don't have a controller and you're using a touch device, a lot of these games have built for touch controls in mind. Uh, There's already touch controls on a selection of games and even more uh, coming to uh, with touch support in the weeks ahead. So the games that are part of Xbox Game Pass and that can be accessed through the cloud gaming include Avengers, Sable, Crown Trick, Fallout 3, Game Gears of War Ultimate Edition, Halo 5 Guardians, Mass Effect Andromeda. That's just to name a few, so many more. Now, for cloud gaming, you do need a decent internet connection, so you need a minimum download speed of 10 megabits per second. Some games may require 20 meg per second, megabits per second for even better quality. It's also recommended that players use a 5 gigahertz Wi-Fi connection. Uh, if you're playing Xbox.com, you need a supported browser, so Microsoft Edge, Google Chrome, or Safari will do the trick. Now, players can join the Xbox Cloud Gaming with Game Pass for just a dollar for the first month, and then you'll be billed $15.95 per month. So it's, the, it's like I said, Netflix for games. And plenty of games to choose from, and you don't need a console. You've probably already own a screen that it's compatible with, iPhone, iPad, Android device, Windows PC, and you can connect a controller. What a great deal. Xbox Cloud Gaming, check it out, techguide.com.au. You're listening to Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly supported by Norton. They're the company that can keep you and your family safe online. Now, if you're an online gamer, you want the best performance while still helping to maintain your computer's security, and that's exactly what Norton 360 for Gamers offers. The patented Game Optimizer technology can help maximize gaming performance while still helping to maintain the level of security you've come to expect from Norton LifeLock. Game Optimizer can free your PC from power-hungry programs running in the background that eat up your system's resources, helping you get more performance out of your rig. Whether you're a hardcore gamer or just a casual player, Norton 360 for Gamers helps provide multiple layers of protection for your devices, game accounts, and digital assets. Norton 360 for Gamers also includes features that help protect against cyber threats, including malware and webcam takeovers. If you want to help ensure all the available computing power of your system is allocated to the game for maximum performance, while still helping to maintain maximum protection, then put Norton 360 for Gamers on your team. Listeners of the Tech Guide podcast will receive a 50% discount to a year's subscription of Norton 360 for Gamers by using the promo code TECHGUIDE when they visit au.norton.com forward slash techguide. All your tech questions answered. This is the Tech Guide Help Desk. The Tech Guide Help Desk is brought to you by good mates at Belkin. Belkin have a lot of cool products, including the face tracking, uh, face tracking mag, mag safe mount for your phone. 
Uh, we reviewed it on Tech Guide not long ago, and they also got cables, batteries, you name it, and even stuff to put your air tags in, belkin.com forward slash AU. Uh, well, this is the week that we thought we'd talk about Windows 11. It is officially available f- this week, so October 5. Uh, is when you can either upgrade to Windows 11 or buy a laptop with Windows 11 pre-installed. If you do have a a product that is you think is is compatible with Windows 11, there are things you can check. Uh, There is a a section on Windows 11, and we've written about it on TechGuide, where you can run the PC Health Check app. So you can download that. It'll tell you whether your computer's okay. So if you basically, if you've got a, a gigahertz or faster with two or more cores uh, or on a compatible 64-bit processor, if you've got four gig of RAM minimum, 64 gig or larger storage device, you also need, though, to have a TPM. That's the Trusted Platform Module. You can check for instructions on how your PC might be enabled to meet this requirement. So you can check that also. Uh, so I think it's, it's important to know that Windows 11, whether your device, of course, can run it. We have been hearing some rumblings about Windows 11, and there was a survey that actually a lot of Windows users didn't even know that it was coming out this week. I think they've been running a fair bit of marketing, especially in the US. There was uh, there was a survey done, and it was uh, it, it was a survey run by Savings.com, and they said that uh, that only thirty eight percent of Windows users knew that Windows eleven is happening on October five, October five, or, or or they knew about it at all. So uh, I think though there are some new features coming through, new, slightly new design, improve uh, ba- improve performance as well we have heard some rumblings that there's a lot of enterprise devices that have been in the field for a while that won't be compatible to mark to windows 11 uh, we've heard that, that it may even slow down in, in some some games if you're playing games on windows 11 i think early on there may be some teething problems but when uh, microsoft promises a, a a performance enhancement not a degradation of performance. So I think we need to keep up to date with this, run all your updates, make sure firstly your device is capable of this. So if you're trying to push the envelope a bit, maybe your device is a little bit older, you may experience problems. If you do buy a device with Windows 11 pre-installed, of course, that's the easiest path to Windows 11. might cost you a bit of money, but if you are in the market for a new PC, then you're going to have Windows 11 whether you like it or not. And you know what? If you don't want it, Windows 10 is fine. If, if you're happy with the Windows 10, no pressure. If you don't want to upgrade, that's entirely up to you. That's the full-time siren. That is our show for this week. If you need to find out about any more that we've spoken about, you can see at techguide.com.au the full story. Everything we've spoken about is there. And if you want to get in touch, we'd love to hear from you. Hit us up with an email, info at techguide.com.au or hit the Ask Stephen icon on the homepage. We want to thank our sponsors, Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs, and also Norton, the company that can keep you and your family safe online. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back with another show next week. So until then, stay safe and stay connected. 